I don't I don't know if you should feel any way about it. I don't know. That sounds that, that's that's like a really wrong way to start. Um, <laughs> Hello world, welcome to the Friendly Neighborhood Podcast, FNP Diaries. I am uh, your podcaster, your friendly neighborhood poet, Destro, and on today's episode I've got RJ, the backpack engineer. Yeah, so RJ, RJ literally engineered pretty much my musical career, I would say. I would say from the time I started, like, being serious about the music and working at So Good, yeah, RJ's been there, you know. He was there when we were a band. <laughs> you know, the band is in, like, several different places now. Um, you know, we had a female lead singer. She is married now with, uh, with two kids, you know, one one already like growing up and the other on the way. You know what I'm saying? You know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. You know who you are. We ain't gonna mention no names here. Um, like Dennis Red. Because, uh, you know, Dennis Red, no names. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> and then, what else we got? What else we got? What else we got? We got Sammy, who was our lead guitarist. Oh snap, we mentioned names. It's cool. I gotta mention this one because he's doing big things right now. He's he's touring with Sampa the Great as her lead guitarist. You know what I'm saying? I'm re- I couldn't be happier for my boy. Uh, Sammy and I have been ha, almost said been together. <laughs> I mean, we live in a very fluid world, so that should sound correct, right? Uh, it depends, on <laughs> depends on the audio. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're proud of you, boy. We're proud. <laughs> we proud, we proud of you, Sammy. We're doing so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, we 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 we've been we've been we've been about we've been about Sammy and I have known each other like eighth grade which is a very long time ago you know and doing this music thing something <laughs> we've literally done all our lives because from eighth grade to twelfth grade we were in the music class so that should also let you know what tangent we we were on as people you know so that's that's another wonderful like beautiful thing you know RJ RJ left us for a bit he went to like do school in SA and me, I, I, I started doing poetry, you know, and the band disbanded. <laughs> what you doing poetry even before that? No, I started doing poetry when the band disbanded. Really? Yeah. And then my notoriety grew from there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I, I, even I didn't think it was like that. I, I, didn't, I didn't actually even foresee that that was the case. But now that, that we're having this discussion, it kind of like gives people an insight into some historical facts. I started out as a rapper, went into poetry because as a rapper, I was made as part of a band. You know, we're doing this whole P. Diddy making the band thing. <laughs> we won't mention who P. Diddy was at the time. <laughs> we won't mention who P. Diddy was. <laughs> Just in case he hears this. So anyway, he knows who he is. Hey, you know who he is? <laughs> Media. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, 
you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, we, I could, I could, I could, I could dig into, I could dig into more of that history, but it was, I would just say it was a fun, it was a fun growing process. Mm-hmm. How was it for you, man? How was it for you? Ah, man, I mean, looking back on it now, for the most part, that's also a significant part of my, my early career. I think I was only like, what, two years deep into being a professional at the time? Yeah, I thought you was about to mention your age, you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> we OGs in the game. No. We OGs. I'm not, I'm not. Firstly, I don't look my age, so I'm not even going to tell anyone what my age is. We, we, so we, we all don't. We all don't. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I, th- I think it's worse for me because <laughs> I have like baby face features but with a beard. You know, that's so. <laughs> that's disturbingly creepy. Yeah, but hey, bro. It's not even me who tells me these things. Yeah, that's just weird. <laughs> Baby with a beard. Baby with a beard, like that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm thinking about it though. It was was an interesting time. Also very challenging because there was a lot of things I had not done at the time and I was having to try with for the very first time. Yeah, it was it was very experimental. Um I had been used to you know how rap is mixtape era. Mm. That was a heavy it was still very heavy on the mixtape era around that time. That was like, what, 20, 2013, 14? Yeah. That was still heavy on the mixtape era. I mean, we still had like Prime Wheezy doing Tunchi mixtapes. Hey. <laughs> you know? So it was, it was, I would still say it was a beautiful time to be a rapper, mm. if anything. I think the most uh, ingenuous things I did as a rapper were around that time. You know, like even just the mixtape that got deleted. Ah, <laughs> wait, ah, uh-uh, you forgot it. <laughs> Was I here? Ah, uh-uh, yes, you are engineering the mixtape that got deleted. Hey, <laughs> we're doing a whole mixtape that got deleted at that time. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you know what I'm saying? Like, hey. it's hard. It's hard, man. It's tough. It's hard man. doing. It's hard being in this industry, bro. It's tough. It's tough. Maybe we should even find some of those old songs. Bro, <laughs> I think mm, I have to check like my old PC. I remember it was a clever thing that I used to do where I would ask RJ to like bounce the song and say I'm going to use it as reference when in actuality that was my way of sort of like salvaging what we were recording because I knew I had it in the back of my mind. This, this ain't going to last long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because sometimes you find the boss man walks in Gives a side eye, like, are you wasting time here? <laughs> Could be doing something else. <laughs> and then they pass, whoosh, and then they come back and play the music that they feel is more exciting. And then you're just there, like, Lord, when, <laughs> when am I gonna be here? And they gonna play my music? But here's here's the thing, and I think that also led to a lot of growth. Um, of course, it depends on how you take it. You know, mm-hmm. I took it as an opportunity to grow. Because such moments, believe it or not, I took them on the chin and said, they probably play my music when I'm not there and big me up. But when I am there, you know what I'm saying? Like, sort of like to build your character. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's the weirdest way to build people's characters. But, hey, (laughs) it it helped, didn't it? (laughs) I I still don't get it, but I mean, to each his own. Because for some people, it doesn't... 
kind of has the opposite effect. So mm. it's um it's fifty fifty. Yeah, it's fifty fifty. There are I people. Mean, it, yeah, and it's the same thing that uh, well, there are stories of what uh, the guys at Rockefeller used to do. Rockefeller. Yeah, the where they just every Friday I think it was. They get all the producers together, play their beats, and then like if yours was whack, hey, they would clown you, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Kanye went through it. <laughs> so I mean, I, I guess for everybody, it's, it's a strong hazing culture. Ish, bro. Then it's also dependent on I guess if you happen to be one of those people who, who's grown up in the rap culture, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like this has to be a passion for you. Uh, it's not it has to be a passion for you it's not it's not something that you play about you know because a lot of people out here playing they really are and i wish they knew that they really are <laughs> you know but they're doing it because it's fun and they're they're sort of like having the opposite effect of what you'd expect you know someone who's doing it seriously you know like I'd give an example, but I don't want to sound... Because you know how when you give examples, people quickly draw conclusions? Now nah, he bitter. That's why he's saying that. You know, <laughs> all I'm saying is that there are people out there who... They just do it for fun because it's fun. And you who does it seriously do not see the same results. And you start to wonder. And it starts to also make you more or less like second-guess yourself. That's the weirdest thing, man. Sometimes it might just look like... You put in so much effort to get to one place, and then for some people, it's like it's Boom, nothing right at all. <laughs> hey, You're like hey, just step in. There it is. I'm out. Oh, there it is. That's so true. That's so true. So you find that you try to do a funny video because you believe you're funny, and people tell you you're funny. You do a funny video, yeah, you get a couple ha-has. Nobody really messes with it. Someone who is not funny maybe they do something else maybe in their in their main time or spare time all they do is dance next thing you know they do something funny and it blow it goes viral that's it they're in the wind and you gotta look at that and with your chin up and say maybe people don't like me like that <laughs> <laughs> you know but this whole being viral thing though I mean to what end no, I'm not gonna say to what end. I'm not. I guess just going into a whole other different topic. Yeah. But what 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 is the what's with that obsession to be viral and what why has it become the major thing to be? Why is it we no longer embrace the process? Validation, man, and self gratification. You know, want those things quickly. I mean, I I get that, but at the same time, it's. I guess my issue with this is the fact that it doesn't it does it's not necessarily lasting. Yeah. Cuz I mean you temporary. you could have one viral video and then the next one now the thing is you're chasing that virality the whole time afterwards. You you're living off a high that is in limited supply. Oh that rhymed. High in limited supply. Hey. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh I don't know. It's I feel like it's it's a difficult goal to chase, man. And also an unnecessary one that just ends with it. Like a lot of people like to say, it ends in tears. Yeah, it's a shifting goalpost, you know. 
And <clears throat> the truth, the truth of the matter, is that without consistency and hard work, where are you gonna be when that theme dies down? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. these themes do die down. You know, like let's say today the theme is Aqua Clear, so everybody's trying to make a viral video with the hashtag Aqua Clear. At some point, Vatra will take over. So does that <laughs> does that mean you just switch camps and become Vatra all of a sudden? How are you gonna reinvent yourself when it's Vatra's time? You know what I mean? Because, like, right now, there are a couple trends we could pull out, but we can't necessarily pull them out. Because, like, again, like I said again, people are going to say, nah, y'all, y'all just being bitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, if, if you do take time to listen to what we're trying to say, mm-hmm. what we're trying to say is that there's a shelf life to these things. Mm-hmm. So what is your five-year plan, especially as a content creator? What is your five-year plan? How are you going to reinvent yourself for people to get it? I have to put this cross on myself to say, I will make music that you can listen to three years from now and still feel like, snap, he's, 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 he's saying things, you know? And <clears throat> once I put that cross on myself, I don't necessarily see the same kind of attention that, let's say, my, my peers in the same field see. But one thing that happens is that it grows on people over time and they get to appreciate it for what for what I intended it to be initially. Mm. You know? And that's something I've had to live with. I'm like, I cool then. <clears throat> I'm gonna make the music that even when I'm gone, people are gonna look back and go like, damn, mm-hmm. we lost one. You know, we, we, we lost one. Like yeah. this dude needed to be here. He he ain't done. He's still preaching. He's still preaching. You yeah. know. Patience for that, though I think is that's uh, that requires extra grace for that one. Though. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of need for grace when it comes to career choices, especially in a place like Zambia, mm. which is such a melting pot for different cultures. But at the same time, such a melting pot needs the actual pot structure. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a melting pot without structure. So everything is just flowing in and out. It's just flowing in and out. You know, one one year, one one day you're here, one day you're not. So now, what sustains a bulk of the things you do in the plight for things like identity, in the plight for things like acceptance, validation, um, you know, like... How are you not enough for you <laughs> to do oh. the things that you do? You know? <laughs> That's a deep one. <laughs> it's a deep question, isn't it? How are you not enough for you? Yeah. Like, how are you not, like, how are we never enough for ourselves? Like, they always say that what you tell yourself is what's most important, right? But how often do we actually take time to tell ourselves things? You know, like, yeah, uh, especially good things. To be fair as well, how often do we actually even ever tell ourselves that we are comfortable with ourselves? Yeah, comfortable in our own skin. Like I don't like my skin, you know. I, I've had I've had those colorism issues before, where I go like, oh, I, I wish I was as light as that guy because he's getting attention. Yeah. You know, That's the funniest thing to I me. Sh- I know, right? Now, here's why. Because you light skin. No. <laughs> well, yes, but not in the way not in the way that you're, you're actually thinking. Because for oh, okay. me, my thing was, 
I always felt like I was on the outside because of the fact that I was light skinned. Oh yeah. Maybe it was also in the neighborhood I grew up in, but I. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like the fact that I was actually. Yeah. The other, the other guy. For lack oh, of a better term, and yeah. I felt like I was the outsider. Like you, like you ain't really black. Yeah, there was that too, but it was just the thing of. I don't know, man. I just I wanted to be able to fit in. Because that, that was just my struggles. The fact that I didn't feel like I fit in because of that. And sometimes I also just wish like I wish I was darker. It might sound like I'm uh, talking cap, but that's, that was just my feeling as well. Where? The situation at the time. I, I hear you on that, man. I hear you on that. That's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other topic on its own. Yeah, colorism mm-hmm. as, as a whole issue. I remember doing a piece about it in, that was 2017. This is before anyone ever termed the coin colorism, first and foremost. And this was ever before it became like a movement for some people, you know. I remember doing a piece called, um, <laughs> shameless plug, you can listen to my album on Audio Mac. <laughs> I remember doing a piece called Complex, right, where I talked about how, number one, the world has been doing this thing of like whitewashing everything. Like just putting bleach on everybody, <laughs> you know, just putting bleach on everybody. Ha! If it's white, it's right, including Christ. And some of the, uh, you know, inadvertently the 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 political nuances that I tackled there were around color. You know, like how you how you see even like you know the higher being, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, God, how you view. Him in the context of race is what also dictates whether or not you believe he's there for you. You know, like some people don't think that deeply, but I, I do. I, I feel like people often bring their belief system to what they see happens to their race as a whole. Like, oh, okay, black people are shunned. Black people are. You know, God must not be black because it looks like God don't. You know, there's there's American terms that we've heard a lot before, said in movies, said said in mm. passing, said online. God don't like ugly. Yeah. Right? And ugly was always referenced to being black. Being black. So you kind of now think, I cool. There ain't no God. There ain't no God for black people. You know what I'm saying? And you, if you look at the trends after that, like thought, because when I was thinking this. Of course, there was five percenters. Of uh, course, there was woke culture. Woke culture pre-existed the time it became a trend. You know, like if you if you are like a fan of Lupe Fiasco, right? Yeah. You're a fan of underground hip hop. You're woke, but <laughs> wokeness became like a trend post 2018. Like 2018 coming up, mm-hmm. that's when now woke woke culture became a thing. You know, pointing out uh, the political incorrectness or correctness of a thing, cancel culture, and so on and so forth. And and this is why I said that I had to put this crux on myself to talk about things in my head as they are happening in my head, mm. but inadvertently addressing the next five years. Because there are people who listen to my album now and go like, damn. You you were saying some things, mm. and they often ask me, so like, when did you release this? I'm like, yo, check the date. The date's there. Snap, man. You was talking like this then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's also a very funny thing to think that at the time, being woke was not considered a bad thing. And now, I don't know, in a way, I think it's, it's kind of become a caricature of itself. Yeah, it's become excessive. I don't know about excessive per se. I think, well, that probably is true as well. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's not necessarily... Now I'm going to sound like an old head, but it doesn't necessarily... It's not necessarily what it Show was before. Your edge, Show us your edge. Not in, not in that sense. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't... Initially, like... I am. I'm probably going to. This is probably going to come across the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it was. Hey. Just don't get was me cancelled. There was a certain purity <laughs> to it, for lack of a better term. There was yeah. a certain purity to it. Yeah. Now with all the SJWs and whatnot we've got, and well, a lot of virtual, not virtual, virtue, virtue signaling that ha- that's happening. Yeah. There's a lot of it that now when even when it's about a genuinely real issue yeah and some that really should be dealt with it's now just coming across like it's just oh here you go again you know it's like oh whatever karen because it's <laughs> you know it's a thing karen <laughs> yeah because it's, it's become a thing where like people have taken it to such an extent where you can't take it seriously anymore even for issues that really are that serious yeah that's that's very true that's very true and i kind of feel like that's why i said it, it kind of feels excessive because there's I would say there is more objectification, objectifying of a thing. Like it's always connoted into one thing. Like one thing has to be the representation of this. Mm. Women who are white and express racist tendencies or, you know, racial uh, discrepancies. Yeah. Karen. Karen has become the embodiment of a racist white woman. Right? Yeah. So you, you look at that. Hey, what's up, man? You just caught us recording a podcast. I don't even know why he got me to do this, man. <laughs> oh, wow. So in the background, we got Josh. What's good, man? Good, good. Power ain't back yet. What time did you go? That was like 12. So we took this opportunity. I don't know if it was 12 or 13. What time did you come in? Bro, I got here after 3. You got here after 3? Yeah, around that time. Yeah. <laughs> I lost track of time. In my head, it's still 10 because of the way the weather's looking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. We're at the location where we always do this from, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of felt right to just have a conversation. Power's gone. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> Rarely do we have the time to just have like conversations. You know, we're always conversating, but we're never really like putting them on record. Like the way we're doing now, this is putting the conversation on record. So, like back to what we were saying, like I kind of feel like it's excessive because of the objectification of, you know, the representation, the representations. So, I don't know what they call, well, extremely they call them bigots, but I know that there's an embodiment of what. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you were a pedophile, the term is R. Kelly right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, if you're into drugging women, the term is, yo, stop being a Cosby. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's an embodiment for a thing. 
Oh yeah. As also, wrong as it is. I was just about to say, like, why is it only black men? But I'm just remembering there's also Weinsteining, so. <laughs> but no one really uses Weinstein, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you white, <coughs> you gonna get arrested for that. <laughs> you, you just you just find anchor comes back and says, "Oh, yo, you was using triggering terms, so we cut this episode." <laughs> But I can say nigga. My, oh, my, okay. Might need to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there ain't no edits here. Um, <laughs> so it's unfiltered. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of feel like it's become excessive. There's, there is so much of a double standard according to the way that people want to police other people. Like, I kind of feel like certain movements, I will not mention which ones, but I kind of feel like certain movements police their identification onto other people mm. and if there is a more or less um yo just leave me be I'm, I'm i ain't got no problem with you i just don't feel like you know you should bring this around my kids or you know i just don't feel like that works for me like the same way you have decided what is working for me doesn't work for you and i've left you alone i haven't tried to shove this gospel down your throat you know what I'm saying? Like, let me be. But, a lot but of, no. <laughs> a lot of people don't look at it that way, though. Well, at least anyway, part of what's maybe made that culture <clears throat> a big problem now yeah. is the whole, the whole fight for equality, as it were, or yeah. fight for representation, but at the same time, you're not willing to actually allow for the other person to be well, to have a view that's contrary to yours. Yeah. Which, I, th- I don't I It's don't a zero sum. Yeah, because it's not even a thing of just trying to say, like, the person <clears throat> might not necessarily, they might empathize with you. It doesn't, it yeah. doesn't mean they, they don't have to agree with you. But the fact is, it's like you're either with us or you're against us. And this Why whole idea of just being the us versus the them, yeah. if you're not with us, then you are with them type situation. Yeah. It's just really... Uh, it's toxic. Yeah. It's toxic. That's why, that's why I, you know, it, it bombards the reasoning behind me saying it's become excessive. You now have, you know, Hollywood doing this thing, you know. They've been doing it for years, but now they're doing it more like in the open now. They really want to like throw this. And there was like a video, I don't know if it was a video or a YouTube video that came out where uh, these executives from Disney Channel, we're like, yo, we don't mind if our kids get to see characters that are, you know. Mm-hmm. And for us, we're kind of like, why can't you let kids be kids, though? Like, why should you fill them with so much political nuance at such a young age? You know? Like, yeah, I, I get it. Even the Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should grow. They'll never depart from that. Mm-hmm. But if you fill kids up with, like, these political nuances... You are denying them the chance of their freedom of choice, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Because the more you put something in someone's environment, they will think, these are my choices. And this is what's normal. And this is what's normal. These are my options. You know what I'm saying? But if you give people enough room to be people, if you give kids enough room to be kids, even in their experiences, they get to learn. Like, there was one half of us that learned from the instruction of our parents, then there's the other half of us that learned from just life, you know, and that was because even our parents gave us that leeway to say, oh, okay, cool, he playing outside, cool, 
You get hurt outside. You come back, Dad, I bruised my knee. How you bruise your knee? <laughs> oh, I was playing soccer. This dude hit me. and then So now this is where now your dad comes to give you a valuable lesson about how you can protect yourself when you're on the field, right? But now if you presuppose a field and you tell people these are the players on this field and your only option to score is by playing on this team, you've already conditioned them for how they should view the world. And you rob them of life experiences that are ulterior or, you know, just different. You rob them of that opportunity from a young age. Yeah, I think that's how I feel about it. Yeah, that's true. I think that's one of the funniest things about it. I guess my observations about parents has been there's always a strong desire to want to shield your child from. Yeah. anything that would be negative or anything that would destroy them so I, I get that part of it at yeah. the same time it's also there is a need for to allow kids to, to grow into them into their own into their own identity, identities yeah. and whatnot I think that's that's a very difficult place to actually find where, where to draw the line because you've also got this thing where there's a bunch of different influences that are working against you some of them yeah are actually working actively against you yeah. to destroy whatever ideals you might have. So, yeah. to an extent, it's man, it's a complicated world. Man. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Jesus comes soon. Yeah. If, <laughs> if my girl hears this, I might actually get into an argument. So, oh, just snap. in case, uh, I'm sorry oh, in snap. advance, yeah. but I'm not entirely yeah, sure I want to be a parent, man. <laughs> what? You're not what? I'm not entirely sure about it, and this is this, this is particularly the reason why. It's the way you're not sure about what exactly about being a parent, like about be, being ever a be, parent. Oh. becoming a parent okay. is. It's a scary world, man. It's very different from what we grew up in, bro. Because even bro. even now, not Just necessarily pull out being. On time. I mean, continue, <laughs> continue. continue. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's 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 crazy though. It's just the fact that there's so much that you now have to watch out for. Yeah. Um, some of which is like just, well, proper straight up, straight down evil, man. There's like pedophiles and all of that. Yeah. Um, people who just out here killing rapists. for pleasure, rapists and all of that. Then you've also got the more insidious things that have to do with ideals or just ideas as well about yeah. what to think about people like and all of that. Violent conduct and, you know, more or less enabling toxic behaviors. I mean, it's it's a lot. <coughs> like. I also well, a religious lot of, fanatics, yo. It's, it's cults. So much, so much to deal with. They're just too much, <laughs> and you can't shield them from it all. So it's also that thing of just, I don't know. It's it's scary to actually think. Will I actually, by the time they're an adult, yeah, will I have done a good job? Oof. Or will I will I be the reason they actually end up being a messed up kid? You know. Oof. Yeah. You also you, you also don't want to be the parent who raises the next Ted Bundy. So <laughs> it's all of yeah. those things. It's all of those things because some things uh, might not even be within your control. I, I was gonna say you don't want to be the parent that raises the next R. Kelly, but then again, yeah, R. Kelly did some too. great things. Like let's not take that away from the man. The man did some great things. Um, you Cancel know, God, him all you like, man. God can still use crooked sticks to draw straight lines. I'm just saying. Yeah, some of those songs are <laughs> good, man. I am a liar. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Before I get co-opted, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a sympathizer of anything that, uh, any wrong that R. Kelly has made. I'm just saying, 
can't take away from the greatness that he has bestowed upon this earth. He has blessed us with many great hits, written and performed. You know, mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, this human thing, man, it's just you know, and it's and it's funny that the the term is human being. Mm. I think a lot of us haven't figured out how to being a human. You know what I mean? Like we haven't continuous. figured out being human. We haven't <laughs> we haven't really like got a handle on that. There's there's so much um, that goes into like the structure of just perspective and how perspective defines responses both emotionally and logically you know and there's so much information out there that can more or less dictate what direction you could take but at the same time there is less information about how you can consume the information and more or less assimilate it to you know who you believe you are Mm. you know there's there's so many things that and I feel like this is why people go through evolution and reinvent themselves at each stage. You start to believe you're something according to you know the likes, your wants and the perspectives you have drawn from life experiences. Mm-hmm. You know. Like if there was a manual, well there is, but people don't really want to go to it. But if there was a manual to tell you exactly how to consume the information that comes from both experiences and stuff you read up and stuff that you just like observing if there was a manual on how to assimilate that information in a healthy way i think i think humanity as a being will figure out the problems because we can see the problems we just yeah. we just either are too procrastinated to solve them or too focused on ourselves and our own personal journeys to actually like care yeah, but I mean, even if it was not necessarily something you're going to do on a societal, large-scale level. Grandiose. Yeah, if if everybody just did it on an individual level, I think, it would, it would, I think the change would be just as significant. Yeah. So it's, uh, I guess they also do the same thing of just saying, start in your little corner of the world, wherever you are. Right, right? I like something that Jordan Peterson said. And I said this on the last episode as well. If you can't manage your bedroom, right? You can't you can't leave your bed cleaned up, you can't leave your room cleaned, don't expect that from the world. The world isn't gonna automatically do that for you. Hey, the world the world doesn't owe you jack. <laughs> yeah, well, the world don't owe you jack. You know what I'm saying? Oh my goodness, that's a don't owe you Jill, we don't owe you Jane. That's that's <laughs> like one of the f- hardest lessons to have learned. Right. And funny enough, having come out of college. Yeah. Which I think is also another thing when we're talking about. I, uh, I want a soft life. <laughs> yeah. This idea of like the way we're shaped to think certain things yeah. um, outside of the media and whatnot. School is also another place where we're shaped to think certain things. Yeah. And also our education mm-hmm. being what it is. I was. There were some YouTube videos I was looking at, and it was just interesting to actually learn where the, the model for, for schools came from. Oh, word. Yeah, it was... So much information. Yeah, I should actually, I should try and remember where, where I saw that video was. But the one idea was also, it was built around uh, being able to actually raise compliant factory workers. Oh, did they use any 
Frederick Taylor models? I can't remember what it was. Okay. I'll have to go and like find it. Frederick again, Taylor, 1949. Anybody who did public administration knows this dude. I didn't do public administration. My girlfriend did, but <laughs> it's a very interesting. I idea. read into that stuff. Yeah, it's a very interesting because even just the fact that it actually starts from the fact that they first off, have everybody machines. be in in uniform. You know, yep. <clears throat> everybody must be the same. You must learn to actually like sit within your position and find yourself being a cog within the machine. Exactly. Type thing. Yeah. Not exactly. That's not exactly how it was said, but just the fact that the whole philosophy behind it was mm -hmm. actually that whole idea of being taught to think a certain way. Because even afterwards, currently now we have this whole idea of it still is the case where you say go to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get yourself a nice degree, and get a job, and life will be good. Life and will life be will dandy. Be <clears throat> well, we sit, we sit here with degrees. We got degrees. We got degrees Fahrenheit right here. You know what I'm saying? All I would say is uh, that that reality has changed. Yeah, it's it's it's, no it's a very reality. stark reality, especially when you come from a history of pandering to the academic gallery. So they tell you this ideal way of going about your life as an academician, right? So they mm -hmm. tell you from a young age the goal is unza. Unza, you buy a plot, you buy a Toyota, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not that easy. This is why you find that when a lot of people realize that it's not that easy, they steal. Mm. Because they want that ideal to be their reality. But they end up doing it through corrupt means. I'm not saying anything about anybody's government. But <laughs> I'm saying you're going to steal and use people um, to I'm... get the idea you were fed when you were like... In second grade um, because they start telling you this thing when you're in second grade pass go to these like I remember they gave me a whole destiny trajectory from primary school I was at a private primary school mm -hmm. um, so teachers from like fifth grade because that's when like they inculcate the issue of studying into you yeah. when you're in fourth grade it's just about how good is your memory from what the teacher said uh, your understanding of certain things and do you practice your maths? That was it. Mm -hmm. Social studies for me got introduced in fifth grade. That's how old I am. Uh, so, in case you go look it up. Hey, in, case, in case for you, social studies, they brought it to you in grade three, four, and they changed the name from social studies to social development studies and all of these other things, all these other fancy hey, names that they give for it, creative, developmental, social stuff. Hey, look. Yeah, these kids doing crazy look, stuff for now, me, For me, it was just <laughs> social studies back then. You know, if it branched off into anything, at eighth grade, it became civic, civics, not even civic education, civics, history, oh, yeah. geography. It split up into these three, mm. right? So you learn your political history, you learn your history history, then you learn, you know... Um, Oh, we didn't even learn our history. history yeah, like I mean, if you're reading Hantobolo, then yeah. <laughs> I guess, but still, man, I mean, well, that's also that's also another discussion. <laughs> that's also, hey, Hantobolo was be, busy being edited by <laughs> some well. printers from Oxford. Anyway, <laughs> it was white. Um, <laughs> they were edited. No, no, remove that part for, for, for Shaka being a straight man. No, let's infer that he's gay, but not really tell them that he's gay. Let's do that. Anyway, that's a whole conspiracy right there, but it's fine. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when you are doing a lot of digging, there's just too much information. 
Yeah. And I've lived a life where I've just been in touch with too much information. So, you know, and I have this discussion with like atheists, agnostics. We always talk about what we're believing and they always get shocked when I say, yeah, but I still choose Jesus. They're like, ah, what do you mean? You, you know what I know. And you are still choosing the white man's religion. I'm like, it's not even a religion, bro. It's a different understanding. But that's also yeah. That's also its own discussion. That's also its own <laughs> discussion. Probably break break these things down nicely mm. with people who like to argue. There's there's this dude I know. I'm gonna bring him one day. We're gonna talk about these things, and you know, mm-hmm. you you will see the when people get challenged. You get violent. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. But I love having these discussions with him because, like, in his own right, he is a juggernaut of knowledge. Mm. So for me, I just come like Professor X. I cool. I can't walk, but I can move you. <laughs> just take off your helmet. But anyway. <laughs> those, those are some of the most interesting conversations to have sometimes because yeah. I remember the one time, I think I'd mentioned this to you before. Yeah. This was a separate conversation. It was not on the record, but. Yeah having a whole discussion with someone about religions basically yeah. uh the one person was uh a muslim and everybody okay. else in the room i think there was about six of us in the room so it's like the, only the one person is, is muslim and then everybody else is christian okay so one of them had this thing they, they mentioned and i think it was a back and forth about why he wasn't muslim hmm interesting and then this person, I don't know if sure it was out of frustration. I don't know if it was out of frustration or whatever it was. He got stabbed, right? No, no, he didn't get stabbed. <laughs> I don't know if it was out of frustration. This yeah, person just racist. decided to say, but you know what? Anyway, at least at least my people aren't going out doing holy wars and whatnot. That was so, racist. Yeah. I thought I thought I said something <laughs> racist. That was racist. So that was that was like that came out of left field. And Man, then at first, so yeah, it was it was it was crazy. But then again, it was the thing of like, wait, whoa! And then now everybody now starts kind of like backing this other person up. And now the thing was, I was like, wait, wait a minute. I mean, if you actually even go back into history, as far as like holy wars start going, just we're just looking at the history of religion and religious wars and whatnot. Christianity isn't clean either. Yeah, they are not clean at all. At all. At and all. if anything, it. If, I'm, if you I'm, look I'm at the wrong, if you look at even the people who are alluded to be apostles, yeah. oh man! Like I, I, yeah, I, 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 was, I was really picking out the bunch. He was just like, ha yeah. Oh, you've you've killed two thousand people. Cool. Yeah, I will say, I you will gonna say, spread the gospel? <laughs> I will say that I'm open to correction on this one, yeah. but yeah, I'm right here. Don't worry. Uh, but <laughs> it is my feeling. Yeah. That actually, this whole idea of holy wars started from the Christian camp. The it Crusades. Did. It did. Those those were essentially what they was. They yeah. was holy wars. It was actually funny to actually think now. I think a word that I knew to always be something that was like a spiritual campaign and whatnot. Only to find out actually, <laughs> ah, no. Pillaging it women, started from children these people going out to kill people because they didn't believe the yeah. same thing they did. No, they so. didn't just kill people, bro. They raped them. They, 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 they did a lot in the name of God. I, yeah, I tell you that. So. And I still choose Jesus. But <laughs> I, I, I understand why your atheist friends were kind of mad about that. Yeah. yeah was like, this was yo, a... they, they came to our lands. They came to our people, gave us a Bible, and, you know, took our ornaments and made guns. They mm-hmm. built their societies off our backs. This, that, and the third. And I'm like, yeah. but yo, like. So this this was basically the whole argument that happened. And just because I happened, so I happened to Arabs, mention that, I was like, wait, 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 hold up. Christians. 
the crusade started with Christians. You not know what I'm it wasn't Muslims and jihad. It started this side. It started on the left field. And I think it was only two of us in the room who actually sided with the uh, with the Muslim guy. And then it's like everybody else in the room. Now eventually, I think they got so frustrated because I was like, "Wait, are you even Christian at all?" Like, <laughs> why, why, why aren't you over here with us defending our religion? And it's like, that happens but no. to me a lot. Facts are facts. That happens to me a lot. Like where when we have these discussions and I tell people. Okay, but this is how I believe. Oftentimes, they look at me like a heretic or, yeah, are you sure you believe? You know, And I'm just here like, yo, <clears throat> the, big, the biggest thing that I tell a lot of people is, for me, what I've come to realize, especially when I like go through the studying of scripture, mm. a lot of the way people move is by conviction. Your convictions are entirely unique to you. God will speak to you differently. When you look at everyone God spoke to, he spoke to them differently. It's mm -hmm. written, right? To David, God more or less spoke to him through people, mm -hmm. through prophets, and so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? I, I, unless, you know, I'm also open to being corrected on this. I don't remember a time God directly spoke to David and told him, Yo, David, this is the dubs. You know what I'm saying? Um, huh. Obviously, I need to go back and study, you know, First Kings because that that basically outlines David's history, right? Mm. Then you have Elisha, right? Yeah. Uh, Elijah, sorry. You have Elijah, who God gently nudged him half the time. God didn't do anything violent to you know. He was always soft spoken. Now, here's what's interesting: Elijah was seen to be a rough guy. You know, so God, God, why is God talking to him gently? You know what I'm saying? Because there was this time Elijah was really looking for a sign for where God wanted him to go. Mm. He looked to the left, great wind. He looked to the right, earthquakes. earthquakes. And, then, and then fire. And then next thing you know, a, a little voice. I bet it was like the voice of like, you know, the sweetest little girl. You know what I'm saying? I, that's how I imagine it, right? That's how mm. I imagine have been anything but it was a small still voice that's what yeah, the bible says small, yeah. yeah so yo Elijah you gotta go left you know what I'm saying yeah. just that just <laughs> that you come now to King Solomon God speaks to him primarily through dreams mm -hmm. right he receives his wisdom through dreams yeah. any other time that Solomon is spoken to and it's and it's he's probably like in Old Testament times mm -hmm. he's probably the only one that I saw that his communion with God was either through dreams and one other person. One other person came to tell Solomon, like, yo, this is this is the dubs. You know, and out of the infinite wisdom that God gave him, he would be able to differentiate to say, Ah, yeah. this one's speaking from God. No, they're not. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Stuff like that. And then now you come to um which other biblical example of a person can I give? You have Joseph. Mm. Right? Joseph is spoken to through dreams as well, primarily. Yeah. And then you have Jacob, appearance. You have Mary and Joseph, appearance. Why? <clears throat> These people were made different. So God knew exactly how to talk to them. You look at Moses. I kind of feel like the way God spoke to Moses was also to make him believe that, yo, the gods that you've grown up learning are mm -hmm. not me. Yeah. So he would do something different from how the gods Moses learned about. You know, Daniel is another person who God would also speak to differently because he was in a he was in Babylonia. Mm. 
And we all know that Babylonians were sorcerers, magicians. These people were powerful. Daniel himself was a master sorcerer. You see what I'm saying? So it's very easy to conjure up anything. Mm. You know, Samuel, the prophet, was also someone who God spoke to. You know, like spoke, like he spoke. He never appeared to him. Spoke spoke to to him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So the Bible has different accounts of people that are spoken to. Mm. People that are given... You know, gentle nudges. Yeah. People that are given actual manifestations and appearances. Mm. And that still happens even today. So I never knock anyone down when they come and say, yo, I saw a strange creature. Mm. And it spoke. You know, because I've had weird experiences where you just see a gelion in your room. It's on fire. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) What's going on? But your room is cold. Yeah. You see a whole flaming lion, but your room is cold. At this point, I thought, yo, maybe it was a weed I took. But I wasn't even taking any weeds. That's the thing. You see what I'm saying? I was in high school, but not high like that. You know what I'm saying? So you, Just in I, high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember there was this other experience I had where it's raining. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I ain't got no. You know what I'm saying? And at this point, I was just, like, more or less jumping out of atheism. Because I did have a period in my life where I didn't believe. Mm-hmm. And I was in touch with so much information it made it hard to believe because number one, you're in touch with so much information you don't know what's true. Yeah. You're in touch with so much information it disproves everything else and everything else you get in touch with. Mm. But now, what did God have to do with me for me to now say, okay, yeah, I choose Jesus. He had to come at me from a place of experience. Yeah. And experience also goes with conviction. Mm. So... I kind of felt like, yo, if, if someone in the next 2,000 years is going to write about Jesus' second coming, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to be one of those people who, who <laughs> whose story gets written. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, snap, divine intervention. So there was a boy named Dexter. Dexter, but da, da, da. And you know what I'm saying? Though, the same way that these people are written about, I'd, I'd like to be written in that in that manner. You know what I'm saying? And make, make my life out to be like some form of scripture for like, <laughs> generations to come that would be so inspiring I think of my, my life that way sometimes because you know I've been bombarded with information like your life could be the only bible someone ever sees so that's, that's a know. scary thought sometimes it's a scary thought sometimes it is because people are always judging even when they say no don't judge people only say don't judge when it's convenient for them that's the thing the truth is, we always judge. <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable truths. Uncomfortable truth is, we always judge. That's how we come about to our decisions. But, now coming back to the area of conviction, right? I always tell other Christians to say, if it's not in the Bible, I have no conviction on it. My convictions have a basis. Mm. So, it's the same thing like when I was atheist or agnostic. They always had a basis. There was a moral coding I still subscribed to, whether it was my own or not Mm. and even the moral coding someone who's agnostic or atheist subscribes to has its roots in religion Mm -hmm. do unto others as you have them do unto you you don't want to get hurt so you don't hurt people that's a moral jurisdiction so how did you come about to this religious conclusion if you don't believe in it at all you know what I'm saying like who gave you the guidance no it's natural who subscribed it into you I mean even the Bible says there's stuff written on the tablets of your hearts, even without the like you know intervention of the Holy Spirit. It's a lot of people always ask like, oh okay, if that's the case, then 
how is it that we need the Holy Spirit if it's just stitched in our DNA? Mm. The truth is, when God put morals into our DNA, yeah. that's just an element of Him because what we have is His breath, right? But what we are freed from is the control of impulses. You think twice when you have an impulse. And this is something I got to prove experientially, right? Mm. It's not over time, over experience, like after you make a couple of mistakes. Nah. I proved this out of, like I said again, conviction. So this one time, um, I was just a new convert in the faith. So there's certain habits I built up within myself that were a thing. It's 23 hours in the night, everybody asleep. Let's go turn on Action next. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That was a natural thing. It was a habit. Yeah. My cousin would wake up when he hears the TV come on. Because, you know, these old TVs. Damn, I'm yeah. reading my age again. These old TVs would hey, come man. on and there, would, there was this yeah. sound that would make. That high pitch sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so high pitched. You have to be sensitive to catch it. Which, by the way, just sidebar. Interesting audio note, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Your hearing actually does decrease, like, the older you get. So yeah. there's certain frequencies you can't hear anymore at a particular after a particular age oh it, yeah. it also depends on how, how how well you take care of your hearing that's true so if you've been out, if you've been out in the clubs for too many too many nights and whatnot aye, some aye. Of, you ain't gonna you be listen to them those. bluetooth headsets at a hundred you're not gonna be hearing some of those yeah so yeah but yeah continue sorry <laughs> but like as, you were saying, as a sound engineer <laughs> yeah like like you were saying you know, those the old tvs and whatnot because yeah. for me usually as well i could tell when the tv was on and i wasn't even in the room yeah so, so yeah from a very young age you know yeah. so so the thing about having the holy spirit within us is that we now get to actually actualize free will mm. as opposed to when it was just by impulse when it just felt natural to do it you mm. now get to decide yeah all right i'm gonna do it you know what i'm saying and not moving on that nike yeah you know what i'm saying like all right i'm i'm a nike i'm a nike this one you know what i'm saying so that's what we're freed from. We're freed from the impulses, what, what the Bible terms as sin's nature, right? Sin's nature is death. Mm-hmm. Naturally, we like things that are not beneficial to us. We love things, ideally, that are beneficial to us, but we're quicker to do the things that, you know. And once, once you have this awakening inside to say, it's not beneficial, you could be doing better. That's when the war begins. Because naturally, before you have this new consciousness, there is no war. There is no noise going on in your head. Mm. There is no, you know, struggle to make a certain decision because it should come naturally. So now you have to beat this body into submission (laughs) to to do the unnatural. You know, the supernatural should be your natural. That's what, like, a lot of, like, very bright Pentecostal preachers always say we even got like five minutes left maximum recording time for this segment is 60 minutes keep an eye on the clock I see you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah but I'm sure even at the beginning of this episode I'm guessing whenever people hear it some should have been ah sound engineer it's probably gonna be about music or whatever (laughs) bruh just the title I'm gonna put on this y'all ain't ready (laughs) (laughs) so if you see the title and you get this far you understand why that title was there (laughs) <laughs> I kind of feel like this this deserves some some form of like part two, you know. Because there's so much we've covered. 
in bits and pieces throughout the conversation and uh, the the question on religion has just been stretched out so probably on our part two we'll try and have like different mindsets you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, probably have like a Baptist here and probably have like a an SDA because Baptist and SDAs just read so much <laughs> we'll probably have like a Rema graduate as well you know because they read so much too <laughs> and then I'll get like uh, my friend from Nigeria because those are the people who really champion like the Christian faith across the world statistics prove it but in any case uh, <laughs> can't be mad at that I can't be really mad at that so you know um, and that's the thing one, one thing that really like bothers a lot of people who don't subscribe to the idea of submitting to an entity you don't see is that it's non-observable and I tell them how how can you not observe because you're trying to measure it right but how can you measure you don't even know how far the roots extend for the tree but you know the tree's there do you know how the tree came into being you can only explain photosynthesis but you can't explain to me how exactly the tree germinated you know, oh no, it had favorable conditions. How did those conditions come I'm into about. play? Like, if we start doing a story of origins, your mind will just puff up. It'll just be like, ah, okay, okay. They're favorable conditions, bro. You either water it or you don't. But what about in areas where there are forests? Who watered them? <laughs> no, there was rain, but ah, okay. Where'd the seeds come from? <laughs> Where'd the seeds come from? I know they were just, you know, in loam soil. How was it made arable? You know what I'm saying? Like those are long discussions. Though. They're long discussions. <laughs> so, because and of course, yes, a number of times where if it's immeasurable and you can't arrive to a proper beginning that is measurable to an end, you will allude it to something bigger than you because you can't explain it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's oftentimes where they just leave it like, yeah, that's the side note. Like you, obviously you're going to submit to something bigger than you because you don't know. But even I will go like, okay, you don't know why you don't know. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's search for information. We're about to run out of time. Man. That's, hey, look, that's like, hey, look, I, never, I never really have like proper sign outs. We just talk until it's done. But... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because we're about to end in like one more, one last minute. But I can't believe I can't believe people are actually gonna sit and listen to me talking. Uh, bro, <laughs> I still get shocked that there are people who you know, like I, I I know I don't have like the biggest audience podcast wise, but for the audience that's there, yo, big ups, thank you, y'all. You know, because 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 Spotify only counts your listens after thirty minutes. So there are people who deliberately make 30-minute content. I make, like, an hour long because we got so much to say. No, it makes sense. You know, so I have 13 plays so far. So 13 people sat through 30 minutes of the conversation. Out of the 13, I've had seven tell me that they listened to it up till the end. You know, so big ups to all the seven. Mm -hmm. Big ups to the 13, um, you know, if you're listening in parts. So whoop, <laughs> <laughs> you know, gang, gang, and all that good stuff, <laughs> you know. But yeah, uh, catch us on the next episode, whenever that will be. <laughs> heaven um, knows. Yeah, heaven knows. Heaven knows. Yeah, don't say heaven is immeasurable. <laughs> There's no sky, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in you. All right, all right, cool. <laughs> That's if you have accepted his son. <laughs>
Uh, if you haven't accepted, you can't. You can't. You can't see. You can't see. Truth of the matter is, if you never accept, you never have. 